0: Hey, and welcome to the CCWC podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. As I kind of went through in preparation how we might land this series, I was interested to note that this also, this week falls specifically on uh, Upward Sunday, which is uh, interesting as well. The fact that we'll have many people in the building, especially second service, uh, that might not typically attend a worship service or a church in and of itself. At the same time, I looked at this specific passage, uh, chapter 6, the the latter portion of chapter 6 in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and recognized that it is a passage that I preached on actually within the last year. And so as I look at that, uh, one, I could pull out a sermon that I've done before, which you guys would really enjoy that, I'm sure. Or I could take a, maybe a a step back and we could kind of do a 10,000 foot look on the context of what Paul was attempting to try to communicate and why he was attempting to try to communicate the truths of this entire letter that he wrote to a church of people that he loved. Anybody in here uh, love something or someone? Most of us could say yes, whether it's a type of cereal or maybe a person that we've said I do to, right? Or something in between. Those are the two options, right? We, we say I love this or I love that or I love you probably on a weekly basis, uh, maybe on a daily basis. I don't know how often you say I love you to someone or I love that or this. So there are things in life that we love. I, I love Different things. Matter of fact, I, I brought a picture today, or I have a picture of several things that I love. The first one um, is I I love um, Ohio State football. Uh, my parents actually went to Ohio State, and so I didn't have a choice. I grew up watching Ohio State football, and um, and and many of my formative years were the years that we were losing continuously to the team up north. But I still loved watching the games and loved um, being able to to interact with uh, with different fans, specifically within my family. This picture actually was taken, uh, somebody blessed us with tickets this year and I took my son to the Michigan State game. So that was the calm before the storm where we won by a million points and then the next week wasn't so good. But we we, uh, we went to the game and I, and I, I remember specifically this year, um, in the last few years, sports in general, I'm just kind of, yeah, okay, yeah, they're okay. Um, but this year, for whatever reason, Ohio State was in the Rose Bowl, and they played Utah. And they got down pretty big uh, to start the game. And I remember kind of yelling at the TV, um, which was the first confession I'm going to make today. And, and I, also remember, I also remember thinking, man, I really would like to win this. Like I, like I have anything to do with it. but I really like to win this. And after the game, when they finally came back and won, I remember telling my wife a couple days later, I really wanted us to win. And she's like, you really want them to win every game. And I was uh, struck with the fact that I recognize that I love Ohio State football. I also love, next one is um, fishing. Um, I love to go fishing. I, I love fishing for, uh, for bluegill and just kind of pulling them out one at a time. I love fishing on the bottom for, uh, for, for catfish, which is what that is right there. It's a, I think it's a blue. I can't tell uh, by the picture there. Not the little boy, but the... Uh, the, the fish next to it, I, I, I love going fishing for, for salmon or going uh, in the ocean, whatever it is I, I like to fish it 's peaceful it 's a place where you can pray when you 're having a bad day, not necessarily for the fishing, but you pray because you have time to focus, but also I like to uh, to have some fun um, with others and just kind of have conversation and enjoy that as well. Another thing that I love is this third picture i love uh, I love this church. I love the fact that God called me here I know I, I have um, I'm breaking up a little bit. I have friends that are serving in, in different places that, uh, and colleagues from school that are serving in places where they're, they're, they're struggling or they're not really happy with where they're at. And I, I love the fact that God called me to a place that I love. Like, I love this church. I love you. I love this area. I love the fact that God called us to this place at this time uh, for such a time as this. And so um, for me, this is, uh, this is a place that I love to be. I love to serve and, and be involved as well. And so um, I love uh, this church. Um Then this last one, I love my family. Um, that's my wife and the white and uh, our daughter and our sons and um, God certainly blessed us and I, I love I love my family. I love being with them and you might have noticed that in the pictures, in the, in the photos before, prior to... matter of fact, I don't know if we can back up. We'll try real quick. Back up to the first one. Uh, there's my son, my oldest son, Seth. And then the next one, uh, there's my youngest son, Sawyer, which he caught that fish I didn't, just so you know. And then the third one, uh, there's my daughter, actually, as part of the church. And I don't know if I can get this out, but I'm going to try to. Um, I gonna go back to the next one. We tend... We tend to try to introduce the things that we love to the people that we love. and If you notice that in all of those pictures, and especially in this last one, the people that I love, my family, I, I want to introduce them to the things that I love, to the, to the sports that I like, or to the activities, or to the church body that I'm part of. I want to introduce the people that I love to the things that I love. And I'm sure you're the same right? I'm sure you're the same. You go somewhere and you eat at a restaurant. And you're like, man, I really like that place. And, and the first thing you do when you're done after, you, you know, maybe you ate too much and you, and you kind of rest for a minute is you tell somebody, look, I ate at this place and it's so good. Or I got this really good deal from this from this place that that, that sells, uh, you know, clothes and I, whatever it might be. And this is a really cool website. And I want to share this with you. Or this is a store in town. It's a it's a local place and it's so special. And, you know, I, you, know you, you need to try this place out. You need to see this place. You need to go. You need to meet this person. I I met this person at work and they're so cool. So this, this coffee shop, this is such a nice, and we want to tell people, we want to tell the people we love about the things that we love. It's interesting to note that, that Paul does this several times, specifically the, the passage or the, the, the book, the letter we've been reading over the course of the last seven weeks, and now this makes eight weeks today, is that Paul chose to tell the people that he loved The message, the gospel, the story about the one that he loves. And so as we take a step back and we look at, you know, just take a 10,000 foot look at at, at the entire book, the the whole letter uh, of, of Ephesians, this letter that Paul wrote to these people that he loved, may we not just look at the fact that there is content that we can learn from, universal timeless truths, principles that we can learn, but also there is, there's something we read between the lines there, there's an action that he took. He took the time to share the reality of two things. One, a proper understanding of the gospel, proper understanding of doctrine and and who God is and theology of what God does and and how he engages with us. But he also talked about the practicality, what it means to live a life that honors God both in the world and in our workplace and also in our family and our home. And so right here we see that Paul took a moment to express, to, to share with the people that he loved the story of the person that he loved. And it's not just about the content, but it's also about the action. It's almost a call to action for us to, to realize the fact that there is one that we love. There, there, there's one that have first loved us. There is this God that, is, that is, has created each person in this room and each person that we come in contact with. And the, and the goal, the heart of what Paul's trying to accomplish here is to share that truth and also call us to follow him as he follows Christ in sharing that truth with the people around us. Perhaps the the largest timeless truth is take what you know, take what you've heard, take what you've experienced uh, from this God and share it with the people that you love. Paul's writing a letter essentially to connect the church to the good, the things he loves, the godly one, both through knowledge and through action. And while there's a lot we can learn from this passage, and certainly we're going to pull a few things out, specifically looking at the cultural historical background, but also understanding the context of what's taking place within uh, Ephesians chapter 6, we also will recognize the fact that there are three specific things that Paul is calling us to as he expresses what it means to love and to share that love. Because in essence, sharing that, 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 that that good news is love. Starting in verse 10, we'll read on for a few verses, and then we're going to kind of bounce back and forth with some points. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And right off the bat, basically what Paul is saying is look, uh, I understand, or you should understand, through the context of of all of the letter to this point. Here's proper, do, proper doctrine. Here are some specific practical things that you should do. But at this point, recognize that it all comes to this action of pouring into or stepping into the the, the power of God. And right here, the point, the first point is this: that there is a spiritual battle taking place in our world. He's establishing the truth that it's more than just us kind of walking through our everyday lives and and, and doing the right things and saying the right things, and it's more more than just God kind of doing something over here, but instead there is a spiritual battle taking place in this world right now, even as we sit in this place or as you join online. A spiritual battle. It's an unseen battle, but it has a huge impact in our lives. It has a huge impact here on this, on this earth. It has a huge impact with our eternal, the eternal destination of each of our souls. The spiritual battle is, in fact, for your soul, for my soul. Every issue that we walk through, every physical affliction that takes place, every uh, situation where we have an, an issue in a relationship, every financial issue, every, everything that we walk through, everything that, that happens is, is part of. It's tied into this unseen spiritual battle. It's interesting to note that, that Satan actually literally hates you and I. Satan hates you and I. And and that's puzzling because most of us don't necessarily hate somebody. We don't want to be hated. So why does Satan hate us? Well, I'll just say this. Satan hates God. Satan hates God. And because God created you and I in his image, we are a reflection of God. He hates us as well. And because of this hate, he wants to see each one of us live in darkness, live in pain, not just here on earth, but also in agony for all eternity in hell. That is his goal. That is his desire for you and I, is for us to live in eternity in hell. He wants to destroy us. He wants to tear us down. And this spiritual battle that's taking place, therefore, has real and lasting eternal implications. When my wife and I lived in in northwest Indiana, actually Sadie was our our daughter that you saw the picture of, was, was just a baby at the time. We used to visit uh, a, a state park nearby called the Indiana Dunes State Park, and it was uh, just off of Lake Michigan, and, and we would go there so often we ended up buying a, um, a season pass so that we could go and, and visit the park whenever we wanted to, and it was just a short 20-minute drive up the road, and so many times even after work, uh, we would we would just pack up the car, we would go stop and get either takeout or we'd pack a, a picnic basket and we'd go up. Sometimes we would go on the weekend or on a Saturday or a Sunday for, for several hours, and you could swim and you could hike, and it was a great place to go and most of the time when you go it was kind of like it is outside besides the temperature it was sunny and bright and comfortable in the nice season and then one time uh, Shree's brother and um, actually his, his uh, fiance at the time came to, to visit us they were they live in South Carolina and they were in the area and they wanted to come and visit us and so they decided we decided when they came hey let's go and visit the dunes. That's actually where they grew up so they'd gone there a lot when they were younger and so we'll go up and we'll visit the dunes and we'll have a good time and, and we get there and it's a nice sunny day just like any other day and and, and all of a sudden things began to change we, we get our we get our stuff out and we have our, our towels laid out and we're getting ready to start doing some swimming and playing in the sand and and just having some fun for the day and all of a sudden things start to change. The, The wind begins to pick up. And some clouds begin to roll in, and the waves start to actually pick up. And you think, oh, it's just a lake, like Lake Michigan. But the waves get uh, rather large. And, and so it's, it's starting to, to turn into kind of a hostile, kind of a violent uh, environment. And, and, and all at the same time, we're starting to look at each other like, maybe we should leave. And we start to see people picking up their things and starting to walk out. And, and just out of nowhere, the wind picks up and whips through, and sand is hitting us, pelting us. Like somebody is, 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 is shooting it out of, out of a gun or out of a fire hose. I mean, it is so hard. It, it's leaving little welts. The smaller pebbles or the larger pebbles are leaving little welts. It is, is so strong. The wind is so strong at us. And, and maybe for you, maybe sometimes in life you're walking through and, and things are bright and nice and the sun is just is gorgeous and all of a sudden something whips up. The sun, or the, the, the sun disappears behind the clouds. The, the wind comes in. And while you can't see the wind... You and I can't see the wind. We certainly can see the effects. And that same thing is true in this spiritual battle. We can't always see the spiritual battle or what's taking place, but we certainly can see and we experience the effects of it. Not necessarily sand hitting your face, but possibly the loss of a job or the loss of a loved one or or a strained relationship and something takes place. It's a result of this spiritual battle that's taking place where Satan is attempting to try to get at you. He's attempting to try to use the darkness or the storms in your life as a means of trying to destroy you or tear you down. And the sad and the difficult thing about this in many cases is when we look at this passage, it's not against flesh and blood. The battle is not against flesh and blood, but but what happens is we end up lashing out against the people around us. We end up having this, this enemy of, 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 of that, that person at work or that classmate or, or that roommate and it's like, I, I can't stand this or I can't stand that, recognizing all along that the puppet master, the one that brought the wind, the one that threw the sand or, or started the storm is the one that's going to win as he divides you and divides me. Next, Paul encourages us to, to, to look at tools for the trade. And originally, that was the, the title for this sermon. But as I kind of walked through preparation, I recognized the fact that it was a, a greater mission to, to look specifically at some things beyond that. Tools for the trade uh, all, all highlight specific things that, that Paul encourages the, the believer to, to put on. Verse 13 starts like this, Therefore put on, this is to stand firm, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the, br- the breastplate of righteousness in place and with, the feet, if with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You know, as we kind of highlight some of these specific things, 13 and 14 sets the stage, verse 13 and 14 sets the stage for this idea of, of getting ready for battle. Paul was using this metaphor because he knew that the the original readers were in this uh, kind of militaristic environment where battles were taking place all of the time. And so he was using this as a way to help them to see what God does, the way that he engages, and the way that that we need to have this simple protection, both defense and then also offense of of what it means to, to stand your ground and to take new ground as God calls us to do so. So 13 and 14 set the stage for this military uh, metaphor. And then into, into verse 14, the second half, it, it refers specifically to character. Let read this again. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place, this character, this understanding that it's not just about our outward appearance, but our inward focus, our, our focus on God, and also symbolizing the fact that God is, is the one that, that, that He is righteous. He's the one that, that carries all, that brings justice, that, that fights the battles for us. When I read this, I, I picture uh, you know, an image of God standing there with, with, the, with the elements that we're to, to put on ourselves, and he's got the breastplate on, and he's, he's got the sword in one hand, and he's got the helmet, and he's got the shoes, and he's standing there, he's ready for battle. I kind of get this image maybe of, of the same attributes of a superhero, right? Somebody that has power beyond you and I. Now, I will tell you right now, admittedly, this is maybe a a second confession. I don't know anything about superheroes. I I don't know which superhero goes to which area. And if you're going to shut me off now because I can't believe he doesn't, I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't know who's a DC and Marvel. And if there's any others, I don't know what they are either. But I, I will tell you right now. That when we look at the concept of of superheroes, so to speak, man, I can't help but see the reality and the fact that those specific attributes, especially the, man, someone's going to come to save us, someone from outside of ourselves, someone that has powers beyond uh, anything we can imagine stepping in, that is, God is the ultimate, God is the original superhero, and so, if we're gonna we're gonna understand God, we're gonna have to understand Him outside of the context of our own small thinking, our own worldly, or, or I should say, of this world thinking, where we put Him in a box. We say, okay, this is the God box. Instead, God is so much greater than all the things that we could imagine. Verse fifteen uh, is an interesting uh, kind of kind of conflict between the original concept of of, of travel, the original concept of of bringing the message. In Isaiah 52, it talks about the the messenger running, and the messenger runs barefoot. But here, we see the fact that this messenger comes with with, with sandals strapped to their feet, which would have been representation of the Roman soldier. Their their feet are protected. Their feet are ready. Their feet are not going to be led in the wrong direction or the wrong path. Instead, their feet are going to walk down the path that's illuminated by the God who created them. There's a puzzling verse here for many, if you don't know the context of this as well. In, in verse 16, it says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which most would say, okay, yeah, I've got my shield here. We picture a shield. Maybe we've seen in the movies or, or in a photograph, we've got a, a, a shield. It says, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish All the flaming arrows of the evil one. And and the symbolism here is amazing, right? So so you're holding this this shield and someone's shooting a a flaming arrow. So they have an arrow that's on fire. They're shooting it at you. If it hits the shield, typically that we're going to have in mind, which is wooden or possibly metal, it hits that shield, how does that actually extinguish anything? Well, if you understand the background here, what the Roman soldiers would do, especially as they went into battles, they would recognize the fact that there is a a great potential that someone's going to shoot flaming arrows or or some type of arrow that's going to attempt to try to burn them up, destroy them. And so what they would do is they would wrap their shield with leather strips. And after they had their, their shield nice and tight with leather strips, they would dunk it down into water so that it was soaking wet, so that what would actually happen is if someone shot a flaming arrow at them and it hit that shield, the water on there would, would soak up the, 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 the fuel and would put out, extinguish the flame that was attempting to try to hurt them. And so what Paul is writing here is the recognition that your shield should be one that should be so saturated with the word, so saturated with God, so saturated with the truth of the God that we serve, that when anything, any flame from the evil one, any flame from Satan hits that shield, it will be extinguished immediately because we are so into, so engaged with, so close with the God who created you and me. And then finally, verse 17 is the helmet. This is just another, you know, going along with the breastplate this is another striking symbolism of, of, of the military victory that God will bring. With all of these, when we put all these things on, point two is this. God calls us to play an active part in the spiritual battle. God calls you and I to play an active part in, in the spiritual battle. It's interesting to me, we, we take responsibility in the part that we play. We have this gift that God has given us called free will, where we make the decision to step forward and say yes to God, or we say, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Today, I'm not going to put on the armor of God. I've, I've had enough, or I don't want to do this anymore. Or maybe we hear the gospel and we say, you know what? That's not for me. That's for somebody else. I, I've done too much. Even as Pastor Seth was talking about earlier, I, I've wandered away from the Father. He won't accept me back. Well, here's the deal. God will and does want to accept you back. And so it doesn't matter if last night you were out partying, partying or this week you, you cheated somebody or you, you, you know, it doesn't matter what happened. God will take you back. He loves you. He wants nothing more to engage with you. We're not mere pawns in some greater plan that God's doing or some cosmic chess game that he has going on with Satan. Instead, he wants us to step back into right relationship with him or to remain in right relationship with him through putting on the armor of God, by putting on his his word his character his way certainly the power comes from god but often the power is stifled by our lack of obedience or our lack of preparation sometimes the power of god is stifled because we had the 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 shield we had it right and it was like man this is really heavy the truths here are really heavy. I kind of like, I'm just going to piece together this over here that I like that, that maybe one of my professors said, and then this thing I heard on the news over here, and I'll just kind of put the shield down there, and I'll get it if I need it, but right now I'm okay, and then when the flaming arrow comes, we have no defense against it because we've, we've sacrificed the power of God by not being obedient to Him by putting on the full armor of God. It's interesting, God reaches out with the truth of salvation, this, this, this element of, of, of sharing. Then the fact that Paul is demonstrating this by just, by, by putting these words forward is an amazing way of, of revealing to us the, the truth and the way. I'm going to reread 17 and then into 18, it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. You know what, I'm going to go back. Take on the, the, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I'm going to ask a rhetorical question. This isn't in my notes, so I know it's from the Holy Spirit right now. What's your, what is, what is your, what's, what's your shield saturated in? Because certainly every one of us, and there's seasons, I understand that, but certainly every one of us, our shield is saturated in something. Is it saturated in your own opinion? Is it saturated in the opinion of someone else? Is it saturated in, in, in the word of God? Is it saturated in the news? What is your shield saturated in? And Paul continues in verse 18, And, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Again, this action of moving forward, this, this recognition of, of what tools for the trade are and how they're tied to the source of power. Prayer is our connection with our God, the one who, who created us. Get this, because of the fact that Jesus came and died on the cross for us, the curtain has been torn and we can come into the presence of a holy God with our prayers, with our petitions, with our praise, with our worship our, through song even this morning. When I was younger, I used to hear this phrase from my dad, let the tool do the work. We're working on a project, let the tool do the work. If you're hitting it too hard, it's a tendency with a hammer, a your tendency, you're going to, what he would call elephant tracks, track. So you're going to hit it and it's going to leave little dents in the wood. Let the tool do the work. You don't need to force that, that drill, bit. you don't need to, to force that, that or, or tighten that too hard. Let the tool do the work. But it's interesting to note, and I'll give you the point here, and I'm going to kind of um, get back onto that point. The, the point is this. The battle is spiritual, and it must be fought in God's strength. So if we let the tool do the work, let's just look at this through recognition. We are the tool. We are the tool. But the tool is only as good as the hands to which it is being guided by. And so that point, the battle is spiritual and must be fought, and God's strength is the recognition that while we are the tool and God calls us, He, he gives us the blessing of being able to do the work, which is part of what, what is really cool about this is that God doesn't just say, okay, good luck, figure it out, uh, you know, I, I've, I've saved you, you're okay, but instead He calls us to a higher opportunity to be able to be the light for other people, to share through, the, through being salt and light in this world. And so here we recognize that if we are in the hands of God and we are in the hands of, of the creator of all, the, the one true God. God, through his strength, the tool can do the work. We are the tool, and, and Paul calls us to let God, to allow God to be our director, to be our carpenter, to be our craftsman, to be our guide. God brings the power, in fact, he, he brings the transformation, the grace, the truth as well. He brings everything, all that we bring, in many cases, is humble obedience. All we bring, in most cases, is humble obedience. And it's actually, for for many, that's freeing in a lot of ways. It takes the pressure off. Because all we have to do is say yes to God, and when He calls us, we step forward and we just do what God calls us to do, rather than attempting to try to be God, or illuminate our own path. This leads us to the, the final point, and this is kind of a, 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 um, kind of a, a throwback to the beginning, but also a look at the entire passage in and of itself. Verse 22 reads like this, "I am sending him." And he's talking about one that he's sending as a messenger, as is Paul sending uh, one of his friends. "I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, that, how we are, and that he may encourage you." Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Paul is sharing with the ones that he loves about the one that loves him. Paul is taking a moment now to share the good in his life, the the good one in his life to the ones that he loves. He's saying Jesus is is here. He loves you. He he has died for you. Here here is the the proper understanding of theology about who he is. Here's how you live differently. But ultimately, recognize this. Don't lose this. God loves you, and he sent his son. Let me rewind for just a moment. God, God created the world perfect. He created everything that we see in perfection. He created all of it perfect. And, but because of, of uh, well, a number of reasons, but because of our sin, because of the fact that we uh, allowed, through, through our ancestor, Adam and Eve, through we allowed sin to enter into the world, there was a division between God the Creator and His perfection and His creation. And the result of what took place there was basically, a, a, for a, a while, this, this long path, this trajectory was set where there was a, an opportunity for, for us as, as people, as the creation, to attempt to try to find our way, to step forward in, in learning and, 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 and obedience and following God. And, and throughout, actually throughout the Old Testament path, scriptures, you'll see the fact that in a, in a lot of cases, God's mission was to try to purify his people so they could be in his presence once again. And there were many elements that were part of that within the context of the tabernacle and the context of purification and the context of sacrifice. And as time went on, God recognized that, that in His timing, in His way, that it was time to send one sacrifice. One sacrifice that would be the atonement for you and for me and for everybody that we've ever heard of and everybody that will be born from this place and everybody that lives now. And that one sacrifice, the only way that it could be a perfect sacrifice, not if it was a created being, but it had to be God himself. And so what took place was God in his Uh, example of what it means to be humbly obedient. He stepped down from heaven in the person of Jesus, who is 100% God and 100% man. And Jesus Christ lived a perfect life here on this earth. And as he lived that life, he taught and he preached and he healed and he brought light into the darkness until eventually when the time came, he died on a cross there's much more to talk about that if you want to hear more about that we'll be talking about for the next couple of months as we lead into passion week so come on back but as he died on that cross he did so as the one true sacrifice for all people for all time which guess what that includes you and that includes me and the amazing thing is he didn't just stay after they took him off the cross and put him in the tomb he didn't just stay in the tomb but he in his power rose from the dead beating death, bringing forth an opportunity for us to be able to experience real and lasting life, not just here on earth through our salvation, but in eternity, which is ultimately the finish line in a lot of ways for this spiritual battle that's taking place now. And so here's the question, and there's no fill in the blanks on this. Here's the question to kind of conclude this series and also this, this message today as in the context of what Paul's ultimate goal was. And that was to share the things that he loved, the things that were good with the people that he loved, the people that are good. So here's the question. Have you experienced the presence, the power, the transformation of the one true good God? Because if you can't answer that question a yes, then let me tell you, you're still living in darkness. You're still living in a place where, where Satan is ruling, you're where, where Satan is deceiving, where Satan is lying, where Satan is, is somewhat winning. Paul's given this amazing message. What, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to live differently as a result of it? You know, I, I, let me just kind of look at some of these last few weeks that we talked about. The, the first week we did this breaking ground, God's plan of salvation. Then we moved into demo day and looking at the fact that we were literally, you and I were literally spiritually dead until God steps into our life. And we looked at the, the role that, that Jesus plays through being the keystone in our lives and the way that he establishes this, this, this uh, moving into the second part, this God's plan and maturing as one, rec- recognition of, of the fact that we come together only under the umbrella of Christ last couple of weeks Paul highlights the fact that that we we have a a way that we can live and practically what's it look like to live as a Christian in this world and then also what's it look like to have a a Christian home but ultimately today we focus specifically on the fact that God has created a way for you and I and the overarching message for Paul in this specific letter is hey Christ died for you what are you going to do about it how are you going to live differently And so I ask the question again, have you experienced the presence, the power, the transformation of the one true good God? If you haven't, or perhaps you're like the the, the parable that that Pastor Seth talked about, you're the the one who has wandered away and maybe that's you today, maybe you've stepped away from God. If, if, If that's where you are today, this can be your moment. This can be your day. This can be the moment where you step forward and say, hey, you know what? I've been playing with this for a while, or maybe this is the first time I've ever heard it. Wherever you come from, wherever you, wherever you you stepped out of, whatever whatever environment you left when you came through the doors today or you turned on the live stream today, wherever you were, this can be your moment where you go from darkness into light. Where God, in His infinite wisdom and in His, His, His presence and in His provision, grants you the opportunity to, to be part of the victory, the spiritual the spiritual battle that's taking place. And so, in a moment, I'm going to pray. But but what I want you to do before I begin praying is just to begin to search your heart. How do you answer this question today? I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm not talking about uh, you know what family you grew up in. I'm talking about you making a real decision for Jesus. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? I'm going to pray, and, and as I do, I'm going to give the opportunity for a response uh, among you. If you would like to pray along with me today, there's, there's no, so to speak, magic in this prayer, but there is transformation as we, we give our hearts to God. And so I want to take a moment and just a minute to, to, uh, to pray together. And as I do, I'll, I'll pause and I'll give a moment for, for any that would like to to pray along, pray along with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we could set aside this week, especially amidst the busyness that we have, the things that are going on, the, the things that are on our mind, and we simply listen to you. And God, your word, man, it speaks so much truth. Obviously, there's many, many things we can learn, but today as we just look specifically at this core, Father, your, your apostle Paul, your, your man who wrote this down, Father, he could not have been more on point. God, you, you, you laid out the path, you created the way, you gave us a hope, you gave us a, a future, you, you gave us the, the one true gift that we could not give, we could not buy or gift to someone else, but instead, Father, you've given it to us. And so God, we thank you first and foremost for the reality that you are present, that you are real, that in this spiritual battle that you've not left us to fend for ourselves and at the same time, you've not just said, okay, this is over with, good luck, but instead God, you are present, you are with us. May we humbly step into that. God, I also wanna pray for those in this room right now that might not know you. For whatever reason they've been rejecting or this is their first time hearing the gospel or maybe, maybe, maybe God, right, right now they're, they've stepped away but they're coming back to you. Whatever it might be, God, I pray for those individuals right now. And if that is you in this room right now or joining online, I encourage you to, to join me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I recognize that I am living in darkness, That I am, that I am separated by you. God, I I turn from my sin. I I give that to you. I'm I'm sorry for sinning against you. I ask, God, that you would be the Savior of my life, the one who brings light, who, who, who makes all things new, the one who loves and grants new life. And also, God, I pray that you would be Lord of my life, the one who drives the car, the one who leads me, the one who guides me, the one who sits on the throne of my heart. And I pray that you would touch and lead and guide me as I make this decision. We thank you for the free will that you give us, and we ask, God, that you would help us to continue to step forward in however you call us to do so. This time, without anybody opening their eyes or, or, or looking around, I just want to ask, if, if you prayed a prayer this morning, maybe of rededication or first-time salvation, would you just raise your hand up? Would you just put up your hand for just a moment right now? Thank you. Thank you. God, we, we pray for those, especially that lifted their hands today, recognizing that Satan also takes note of the things that have taken place today. And so, God, we ask that you would bind Satan from any power. That you would wrap your arms around them. That you would grant them peace, and hope, and your strength. God, I pray that each one of us would take up the tools, and also we would not wield them in our own way, but we would, we would, Father, we would wield or yield to you and how you call us, God, to to use them, to be used of you. God, I pray that you would be with us as we go from this place. God, I I pray for those today that are going to be here in this this building, whether they're here for Upward or or for the the family dinner, they're getting baptized, whatever it might be, God, may you touch, may you bless, may you continue to be with us, Father. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your way. We thank you for all that you are. In your son's name we pray. All of us said together, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today i'd love to be able to talk with you please before you leave today or maybe contact us this week i want to be able to pray with you talk with you answer questions you might have if you didn't pray that prayer but you have questions about it reach out as well i'd love to be able to start a conversation have a dialogue in any way that we can it's too important it's too important to just get up and walk out the room and go about our daily lives this is eternal this is what matters this is the spiritual battle let God fight it. Go this weekend. Thank you again for spending time with us today. Thank you especially to those of you who give to CCWC. It is through your faithfulness that makes this ministry possible. Also, if you have any questions about today's teaching or if you want to learn more about CCWC, feel free to contact our office, check the web, or follow us on our social media platforms. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do encourage you to take a moment to subscribe and share it with friends. Let this be a blessing to someone else that you love in your life. You're always welcome to join us on Sunday morning for worship, or until then, we'll catch you on the next one. God bless.